Hello, everyone. So I am really excited to do this podcast today. It is a little bit different than the normal fitness and nutrition, but I was getting a lot of questions about marriage and relationship advice. And so I thought I would focus, you know, some time to that because I think that is a really important part of many of our lives or something that many of us are seeking. And so as someone who has been, Vitaly and I have been together since we were 20. We met at a nightclub and have basically been together ever since. Um, We are now 33. And so 13 years we've been together, married for seven? Yeah, seven years. We'll be eight years this year in August. And um, we essentially moved in together not long after we got together. And yeah, I'll chat a little bit about that more when I get started. But I kind of threw together a list. It ended up being 11 points long as to things that I think are important for a healthy and long-term relationship. And I am someone who is a serial monogamist, meaning like since I was 15 or 16, I've only dated people long-term and serially. serially. That sounds very strange, but I mean, in a serious way, I've never been someone who just like dates around and does that kind of thing. Um, that's just not who I am as an individual. I don't have any issues with people who do that. It's just not my comfort level. So with regards to like dating in this decade, I was like, Ooh, I have no advice. I have no suggestions. I've never online dated. I've never had Tinder. I don't know how any of that works. (laughs) Um, But once you do find someone you like, these are my suggestions for a healthy and happy relationship. And the first one is talk. And it doesn't matter how long you've been together, but talking about things is important. Because if you can't communicate about basic things like, hey, we need things for groceries. Hey, are we going to have kids? Hey, I think we should move doesn't matter how big or small the topic is. If you can't communicate about it, that's problematic. And I think talking about difficult things is so important. And I know sometimes we shy away from those things and it's like, oh, I hate talking about this. And it's like, yeah, no one probably likes talking about that topic, but that doesn't mean it's not important and doesn't mean it, you know, should just be ignored or swept under the rug. And the bigger the issue the more essential it is you talk about it and get on the same page or know that maybe you aren't on the same page and decide if that's a deal breaker. Because I think there are going to be some things where you know what, it's like these are things that I absolutely must have in my life and they're non-negotiable. And those are the things you need to talk about. Because if the person you're with does not feel the same, that's problematic and something that needs to be addressed. And I'm always surprised personally, when I hear people who have been together for like four or five years, and only then start talking about those big things like, you know, do you believe in marriage? Is that something you'd ever want to do? Do you see yourself having kids? And I don't care what your answer is to those, but you need to be on the same page with whoever it is you're with, because there's nothing worse than being like, I invested five years in you, and we don't have these same beliefs or goals. And I think, the sooner you're able to identify that 
and actually come to terms with it, the easier it is to be to say, hey, you know what? I really love you, but maybe this isn't the right direction. Or, hey, you know what? I really love you. That is such a good conversation we had. And I'm really glad it's sort of reaffirmed that we're both, you know, working towards the same things. Um, number two, don't keep things in that bother you. There is nothing more aggravating to me when people say, you know, oh, well, you did this three weeks ago. And I was like, well, then why didn't you tell me three weeks ago? I've been doing the same thing for the past three weeks, which means maybe I've been driving you crazy for those three weeks also, when in reality, you could have just spoken up and said something. Don't keep things in and let them eat away at you. It's going to ruin the foundation of your relationship. And honestly, I think it just makes everything else more irritable, where in my experience, the things that bother you might not even have anything to do with the other individual. So for instance, like Vitaly and I are both self-employed. We kind of both work crazy hours and he has a lot of people he has to deal with and meetings and calls. And I have things on my plate when I work with different brands and content that I need to get out. And for my stuff, I rely on him a lot for helping me film things or help me record things like he, he publishes all my podcasts for me. So there's a lot of things where I rely on him. And I find for both of us, if we have something that's stressing us out or is a pressing matter for us personally, if I don't say anything about it to him, I act out in a way where I'm pissed, I'm irritable. And it's the point where he's like, what is your problem, Nikki? And I say, oh, it's this. It has absolutely nothing to do with you, but I'm really stressed about this. And so I'm acting out in this way. And it's, I mean, the simplistic way of saying this is like, I'm having a temper tantrum and has nothing to do with you. I just don't know how to fix it. And I'm irritated and I'm stressed and there it is. And now that I've gotten it off my chest, I feel a lot better because now maybe you can also help me with it. Or now that I can talk it out with someone. So that's the thing where it's like, don't keep things in. If it bothers you, say something, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the other individual. I think a lot of things in our life um, can bother us and we don't always realize it. And so speaking up is important. Now with regards to the past two, which is talking and don't keep things in. My third one is how you say things matters. I am super sensitive and that looks different depending on who is speaking to me and how someone is speaking to me. I grew up in such a way where if you're going to yell at me, I'm going to run away and go cry somewhere and then hoping and then hopefully you'll like come get me and apologize and we'll figure things out. And yeah, I don't do well with confrontation or I will be a raging biatch, <laughs> which is the total opposite and just lose my mind, you know, have all the curse words for you and get everything off my chest in a really unhealthy way that is really not conducive to any kind of discussion that would move people forward. And I have learned this about myself as I've gotten older and what Vitaly and I came together and um, 
as someone who would do the whole like yell, scream, or be yelled at and then run away. First of all, like Vitaly is someone who's never yells. He's always like very level-headed. He will talk to me and we don't always agree on things, but it's always a discussion. And when we first started going out and we would have this, you know, discussion and I wouldn't like how it went, I would basically throw a fit, slam the door and run off. And he basically told me when I came back, he's like, Nikki, I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to run after you. I'm not your enemy. If you don't want to talk, then we can take a break and you don't have to talk to me right now. But like in a couple hours, let's talk about this. There's nothing we can't work through and discuss. And I was like, what? Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, why would I stay and talk about something that's so logical to just speak about the issue we're having? And it blew my mind because I think for so many of us, we are a mirror of our family. What we learn and how we act and respond to confrontation, difficult situations, arguments is through learning about how those closest to us deal with it. And if you grow up somewhere where people yell and scream and then ignore each other for three days or people just communicate by yelling, then that's the only thing you know. And so making a change to communicate in your own way with your partner is challenging, but really, really important because I feel like as a new generation, you always want to improve upon the things from your childhood and your past and your family. Just because something was done a certain way doesn't mean there maybe isn't a better or more healthy way to do it. And this is the whole, how you say something matters. I have always told Vitaly, I was like, I don't do when someone yells at me and I'm still that person where it's like, I will either shut down and like dig my hands, my nails into my hands to like keep myself from losing it. Or I will burst and like really give it back to you. And neither of those is healthy and something that I am really good about with Vitaly for I'd say 95% of the time. But like in other situations, yeah, I have a harder time doing that because not everyone in the world is very calm with their responses to things, which then pushes me over the edge into some wild, crazy woman who is not a pleasure to be around. And I was like, ooh, we always joke. Um, he went on a trip a couple of years ago and I was like, but who's going to push my crazy back down when you're away? <laughs> and he really is, um, for me, like a voice of reason, very calm, very reassuring and very like normal with regards to how he approaches things that as someone who can go off the deep end very quickly, I really have grown with having someone like that in my life. And this is where the whole number four transitions to very nicely. And that is find someone that complements your weaknesses. I have a lot of weaknesses, a lot of things that I'm not great at, but I sure as hell also have a lot of strengths. I'm extremely giving. I'm very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. I will go above and beyond for my friends and family when they need me. I will drop everything for you if you need something. And I will have your back if I believe in you and who you are as an individual. And yeah, I've got a lot of good things and qualities, but I also know that I can be insane 
And so having someone who is, like I said, a voice of reason, who compliments my crazy is very helpful for me because as I've gotten older, I've come to realize I really struggle with anxiety. I really struggle with um, putting pressure on myself. And even today I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I'm so anxious. And I was like, you literally have no deadlines, Nikki. Everything that you need to do is technically done. So figure out two things you're going to do for the day and, and just call it, right? You've been up since 545. You know, you've already been working. What time is it now? It's noon right now. So I've already been working for six hours. So, but this is, this is the kind of uh, mentality that I have. And so having someone to be like, Hey, 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 take a step back. What do you need to do? What do you need to prioritize? Is important. Like everything that I said to myself earlier when I was like, why are you losing it? That's Vitaly speaking through me after years of, you know, being reassuring and trying to be a voice of reason to compliment, like I said, some of my weaknesses. And like, I mean, I do the same thing for him. And this is where that I think people are like, oh, you should always pick someone who's like really similar to you. And I don't know how I feel about that statement because at the heart of it, Vitaly and I are very similar in that like having a sense of humor is important. Family is important. Travel is important. Um, our health is important. And like, our, you know, a lot of things in our foundation that has grown together are very similar and overlap. But as individuals and personality wise, we have a lot of differences and I think that really helps to make us stronger together. And even when we're not together, those strengths that he has are imparted to me because when you're with someone, you are literally the culmination of the people closest to you. And as he is the closest person to me, you know, I think a lot of his really positive habits have rubbed off on me and vice versa. And so I think that's a really good thing to have when you do surround yourself with, you know, a variety of different people and Similar things and qualities can be great, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having differences. All right, number five, and one that I know for a fact not everyone will agree with, um, but this is live together. And I know people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she said that, but I'm only ever going to speak from my own personal experience. And so living together was one of the hardest things we had to overcome. You are two different individuals who do things differently, who clean things differently, who leave different things out. And it's like, Vitaly always makes fun of me, but it's like, when we go to bed, I literally fold all the blankets on the couch. I prop up all the pillows in a certain way. I line up all the remote controls. I pile up all the coasters and I put everything in the dishwasher. He's like, oh, Nikki. And, and that's just me. Those like little neurotic things about me is how I how I am. I mean, he was horrified when I moved in with like, I don't know, I think like 90 pairs of shoes and like an insane wardrobe and just like trying to cram everything in to his space. And it was just like, okay. He's like, I have four pairs of shoes. I don't know what your problem is. Why do you need all this stuff? And trying to figure out and to compromise as to what is important in you for you in your home, you know, 
how people live as individuals. Are you tidy? Are you messy? Do you squeeze the toothpaste from the middle or the back? Actually, funny story, Vitaly and I have this um, ongoing unspoken toothpaste battle where towards the end of a roll, like it's just towards the end of the tube, um, it's like neither of us wants to get a new one and we just like keep squeezing until there's like nothing left and I, I won last time, which was very pleasing to me. And I called him out on it too and he's like, oh, I know. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I do think living together can be very helpful. And I do completely respect people who do not wish to live together before, you know, they're legally married or anything like that. That's totally fine. But I will say, if you are going to do that, then it really is important to discuss things and to be patient with the process of figuring out what works, what feels good, and making compromises. And I think if you are going to um, move in together, this isn't what I did, but like in hindsight, I think it would have been a lot easier if we'd moved into a new space as opposed to like I moved into his place and it was already his place. He already had his things there. He'd chosen where to put things and how to lay everything out. And maybe I would have done it differently, which then also makes it feel less like your own space. And I think it can be more of a well, this is how it was. Like, why are you messing with it kind of thing? So depending on if, when, how you choose to do this, definitely make sure you're talking about it and talking about it nicely. Uh, Okay. Number six, travel. Traveling together is a really awesome way to get to know someone. And gosh, have we learned a lot over our trips together. We have done a lot of traveling together. We have always saved money for that. It's always been important to us. And when we were first together, we've been to Japan, I think two or three times. Anyways, the first time we went, it was before smartphones. So you get there and it's basically whatever little, you know, Rick Steve's book you brought with you or whatever the concierge uh, circled for you on your map is the only things, you know, and if anyone's been to Japan, I love it. The people are amazing. so kind and respectful and patient, but English is not necessarily very common in most places. And so we would go somewhere and I'd be like, Oh, ordering from a vending machine. I was like, do I want this bucket of rice with brown sauce or this bucket of rice with brown sauce? What the heck is the difference? And whenever we had struggles, like we went to Paris when we were younger and I apologize, but I was like, I had a miserable time. I really disliked it. I literally cried and was like, I want to go home. And it wasn't my first time there. I'd had a pleasant experience the time before, but I was just like, I hate everything it wasn't nice. It wasn't clean. And it, I know we, we didn't go to the right places. This, this was a problem. There's nothing wrong with Paris. It was that we didn't go to the right places. We didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, going on our way to find the places that were good for our budget and all this was not something we did. And so that definitely impacted our experience. But I vividly remember we came from Amsterdam and we were backpacking. So I had this like, I don't know, I swear it was like 60 pounds on my back in the summer heat. I'm walking around. I have everything. And because 
I have spent a lot of time in Holland and Amsterdam and I have family there. I navigated us through that. And I said, okay, once we get to Paris, it's on you. Like I'm off navigation, you do it. And so we're walking around and we get off the train and I said, okay, like, like take us to the hotel, mister. And he's looking at the map. He's looking at like the sides of the buildings where the street names are and we're wandering and it's been 20 minutes and we end up back in the same spot. And I was like, Oh my God, Vitaly, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't get this. He's like, we're back on Rue street. And I was like, "Mm!" like Rue is street, honey. Oh my gosh. I was like, okay, give me the map. (laughs) And this is the thing where it's like, he only ever took Spanish in high school. So I was like, that's my bad for just assuming that you knew Rue was street. Um, but we always laugh about that and navigation skills. And I am a great navigator and have a great sense of direction. So whenever we're out, I was like, don't trust your gut. If you think you should go left, you should probably go right. <laughs> um, so that's also one of my special skills. <laughs> He's getting much better though. Um, okay, number seven, figure out how to show love and affection. Everyone is different. Some people love cuddling and kisses and hugs. Some people love gifts. Some people love verbal re- or verbal affirmations. And knowing how your partner best responds and best feels loved and supported is really important. I'm like option C, all of the above. I want you to pet my head while I watch TV and rub my feet and give me kisses and snuggle me and, you know, buy me flowers. I'm like, I love it all. There's probably no kind of affection that I don't enjoy. And Vitaly knows that, but it's also that he gets to the point where he's like, okay, okay, like I'm done. You're, you're good. You're fine. I was like, "Mm." but that's, I think a really important one. And knowing that, I think there's a great book. I have it, haven't read it, but I think it is called the five love languages. And I think for a lot of people that can be a good investment and I'm sure you could even find it summarized as to how different people express love because I know sometimes we do things out of kindness or out of love for someone and we're like, wow, I think this is the, a really, really phenomenal way of me showing that person I love and care for them. And to that other person, you're just like, what are you doing? Like, why do you keep, you know, bringing me lunch? And it's like, because I love you. But if there isn't that communication as to why certain things are done or what makes the other person feel loved, um, yeah, they might be missing out on your actual intentions and actions. All right. Number eight, support each other. Ooh, even just reading that makes me want to cry. Um, we have been through a lot together, different jobs, different workplaces, um, both leaving our jobs and job security in order to p- pursue things that we're passionate about. And I think support has never been a struggle for us. We have always been people who I'm like, you know what? Look how hard you work. Look how good you are at this. I think you're ready to take that leap and to, to go for this full time. And I mean, support can look like that. Support can look like when Vitaly had an opportunity to do something in Europe. I literally left my job, asked for a leave of absence from teaching, 
and went to Europe to support him. And in the meantime, I, you know, became a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and did all these things that I was also passionate about and use that as an opportunity for self-development and growth. But I didn't think twice about missing up on that opportunity to physically be present with something that I knew would likely be challenging due to, you know, new country, different language, um, you know, no family. And so I think going out of your way to support each other is really challenging, but also really important for growth. And I do believe that you as a couple will either grow together or you will grow apart. And I remember learning about, you know, that mentality when I was uh, on exchange uh, in Holland going to school and I met this Danish guy who was awesome and his girlfriend actually had come on exchange too. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's super cool. And he says, yeah, he said, we decided this would be a good opportunity for us to grow together and to grow closer together and to explore. And I'm like, interesting. I went on exchange, broke up with my boyfriend, <laughs> dated a Dutch guy, and then went home and none of that worked out. But uh, I can definitely see where that mentality is really important. And I think the same thing goes with friends. It's like you have friends from high school and when you leave high school, you grow, you change into a different person, you follow your dreams, you pursue, pursue your passions. And if those things are different than high school friends, then you may grow apart. And there's nothing wrong with that. You are going to have your past and history that you can, you know, look back on together. And it doesn't mean you can't be friends still. But I do think this is where, as individuals, it's important to grow in such a way and surround ourselves with people who are also working towards certain things or interested in certain things because it allows you to bond, to um, be inspired and to grow further because you are exposed to other people with same interests. Okay, <laughs> I think that kind of got that point across, but yeah, I think support is so important and I think it also comes in other forms as well. And I'm someone who like, I know there's a lot of differences, which this kind of ties into point number nine. And it's that you're not always going to be equal. Equal Financially, there's a lot of differences for men, women, you know, couples and partners with finances. Some jobs are going to pay significantly more money than others. And, you know, I have since meeting Vitaly, finished my undergrad, gone and got my education degree and got my master's and also became a nutrition coach and personal trainer. So he's literally stuck with me and supported me through all kinds of education, you know, three university degrees. And you best believe I was not making money while doing all of those things. And as often as I could, I would work part-time. I would get a student loan and do things so I could feel like I'm contributing. But I think support and remembering that as much as we do want to be equal in a relationship, it is very likely that there will be times in your relationship that things are not going to be 50-50. And 
you need to decide if that's okay for you. We are not, as a couple, you know, there's times when he's made more money than me. And it's like, okay, well, I still want to contribute. So how can I contribute? Because I can't afford, you know, the same level of things that you can. And so we've always just been like, there's money we have and there's money we don't have. It's not, this is your money and this is my money. And I know people will disagree with that. And people will say, oh, that's not how you should do things. I mean, there's a lot of people I know who, when uh, they talk about how they manage the money, I'm like, oh, that is real weird. But hey, you know what? If that works for you and that allows you to have a healthy and happy relationship, power to you. I don't care how you manage your money. I don't care about any of that. If you are able to discuss that together and do so in a way which makes both people feel like they're contributing members, that's phenomenal. That is the, that's the bottom line of what matters to me. And I know like I've seen my parents do things differently and my mom was someone who worked part-time because uh, she took care of me, but she worked as a nurse part-time. And then as I got older, she worked more often, but her contribution to our family was absolutely priceless. Like getting to spend that time with her you know, getting to get picked up from school and dropped off to school and, you know, her coming on field trips, her making all my meals and helping me with homework. Gosh, girls, that is like, that was priceless. And I know that is something that not everyone will ever get to experience. And that's okay also. But this is where I'm just saying is we all make different contributions in relationships. And that's okay. And I don't think But I do think one, I think that's okay, but I want to make a caveat and say that I don't think anyone should ever make you feel badly about not being able to make the same contributions as them. And if you are ever in a relationship with someone who is expecting you to contribute exactly 50% of everything and do exactly 50% of, you know, all all the chores and everything, I'm going to say, I don't know how that's going to work out because in life, things are not 50-50. There are going to be times where, I am so overwhelmed. Simply getting dressed and getting out of bed is hard. That if you're going to tell me I also need to do groceries, I need to record a podcast, film content, create recipes, and do all these things, I'm going to crumble. And this is where that support comes into play mentally, emotionally, physically. And having someone know that, hey, she's having a hard time. I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to clean the bathroom. I'm going to make sure all the recycling and garbage gets taken out tomorrow. You know, I'm going to post her podcast for her and not looking at things as 50 50 because things are not 50 50. Sometimes in life, you are going to have more to give and you're going to be more supportive of that person in your life. And doing so should not be an issue if that person is someone you love. I have like no pause in my existence to say that I wouldn't give up everything I have, including my own life for Vitaly. He is the most important person to me because of how he treats me, how he has helped me feel about myself. I am. And I said this to him where I said, if I were, you know, if anything ever happened to us and we weren't together, I would be a very different person than I, a woman than when you first met me. I am so much more confident in myself as an individual, in my abilities. You know, I can pay my mortgage. I can pay for my car. I can buy my own groceries. I don't need someone to take care of me. Although oftentimes 
the care that I need is emotional and mental and physical. And that those are the things that I get from Vitaly, but it has at some points been financial because going to school, you know, he had a much better job out of school before I did. And so there are going to be a lot of differences in your relationship and what works for one person is not going to work for another couple. And that's okay. It's kind of like the whole fitness thing where there is no one size fit all, no cookie cutter, best approach to relationships, just open communication and knowing that, you know, it's going to take work and it's always going to take work. And this leads my, to my next thing. And number 10, and that is don't talk shit about your partner. I, and like, this is one thing where I have a lot of mixed feelings about it because in my experience, yes, it's healthy to vent and to get things off your chest and to say, Hey, you know what? Like I'm with so-and-so and he or she did this and it really pissed me off. And you know, this is what it is. But I do think there are healthier ways. There's, there's a spectrum of how you can do that. And some of those ways are healthy and some of those ways are spiteful and hurtful. And I think people don't often realize how them sharing struggles with their partner impacts the person they're telling. And I've had this with friends before where a friend will come up to me, absolutely complain and crap about her boyfriend And then be like a week later, hey, do you guys want to go out for dinner? And I'm kind of like, I, I was like, I know so much about you and all the things that went wrong and how you both handled it that I was like, I don't know, that kind of impacts me. Or like you have a friend who is always complaining about her girlfriend, a boyfriend, and then they're like, oh, but do you want to go out? And I was like, why would I want to go out with the two of you? Like, You have nothing but bad things to say about that person. Why would I want to spend my limited free time with that person? And then they're angry that you're like, why don't you want to have a double date? And so this is the whole like, "Mm." I think there's a time and a place and certain people to share things with. But I do think if you are able to figure out your challenges and differences at home first, that can be helpful or with an unbiased party like therapy. Um, We haven't been to therapy, but I would imagine that would be an unbiased place because I know like even telling like parents, I, I mean, if you've ever been 15 or 16 and complained about your boyfriend to your parent, um, you best believe they're taking your side (laughs) and that like next time they're over, it's like that side eye of like, you hurt my daughter. And so same thing goes as you get older, right? I don't think there's anything wrong. Like I said, with sharing challenges. And I think if anything, sometimes that can be really a positive thing if it's done in a safe space. And if it's done with respect where you say, Hey, you know what? We had a disagreement. This is how we're solving it. Not just like, all the bad things about this person and what's wrong with them because that isn't nice for that the, your partner or nice for the person having to hear this. All right. And last but not least, number 11, put each other first. And I know 
this is a tough one and a challenging one. And I'm like, I'm an only child. <laughs> so people always think us only children are super selfish and like don't know how to share. Probably in part true. Um, but we don't know any better. <laughs> but putting someone else first and putting someone else's needs first is a really crucial part of a relationship. And some people are better than others. Vitaly is definitely better at it than me. He's always like, have the last bite of my deliciousness. And I was like, mmm, this is the last bite of this deliciousness. I'm going to eat it. And then I'd be like, oh, but, but did you want some? And he'll never say yes because he knows that I want it. But it's like little things where it's like putting each other's needs first. Well, I'll get up. I'll, you know, if I, if I wake up before him, I'll get up. I'll turn the fireplaces on because I know he's normally like cold in the morning. I will you know, prep certain things. If I know he's having a busy day, I will cut up fruit and wash it and put it in front of him because I know if it's in the fruit bowl, it's too far. <laughs> and so I think there's little things that we can do to put the needs of our partner first and little things to brighten up their day. But I think that also needs to go both ways. And if you are someone who's also, I mean, always putting your partner first and you're never seeing that reciprocated, that's also something to reflect on because I think we aren't very good at putting ourselves first, especially as a woman. It's kind of like, like I look at my mom, my mom will take care of my dad. She'll take care of me. She'll take care of Vitaly. She'll take care of the house. She'll do groceries. She'll do all these things. And then she's so tired. She's burnt out. Her arthritis hurts and she doesn't always make time to take care of herself. And I see this, I'm like, I'm, I'm not a mom, so I, I don't see that in myself in the same way, but I definitely see that in both Vitaly and my mom who are so kind, compassionate, and giving to everyone around them that it can be really hard to allow someone to put you first and to take care of you, which we all do need. And I think that's a really important part of um, self-love and self-care and being in a healthy relationship. Okay, this was way longer than I thought it would be, but apparently I had a lot to say. So I would love to know your thoughts on relationships, what you think is important to you, what you look for in a partner. And uh, yeah, don't forget you can connect with me on Instagram at justget.fit. Or if you are interested in nutrition coaching, which I did not speak about, please check out one of my other podcasts. Or you can email me for one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching at nikki at justget.fit. Thanks so much and don't forget to subscribe.